Hello, and welcome to Weekly Wholesome Words with Pastor Josh Grilecki of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join Pastor Josh each week as he gives further insight into God's Word. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Weekly Wholesome Words. It's a privilege to be able to get into God's Word with you this week and take a look at a certain matter that has um, always been resonant in the back of my thinking, uh, but is something that um, has came to the forefront of my mind this week. And um, oftentimes as you read scriptures, read the scriptures, uh, things do that, that seem to uh, maybe settle in your mind, uh, and, and rightly so, but also come again to the forefront of your mind and, and ought to be stirred up. And uh, that issue that's been on my mind this week has been the issue of the body of Christ. And um, it is something that we an expression that we often utilize and rightly so to distinguish between the nation of Israel and what God's doing today Um, again what God was doing in time past with the nation of Israel what he will do in the future with the nation of Israel in contrast to what God's doing with the body of Christ today Um, however even though it's that is right how God educates us about the concept of us being the body of Christ is vastly different than just coming along and saying, well, we're the body of Christ, not the nation of Israel. And the flow of when God teaches that information about us being the body of Christ, that we are one body in Christ, does that very thing. It signifies that we are a unique entity different than his nation with Israel. Um, and it it has with it and it assumes the time passed but now ages to come context and those type of things. But the context in which it sits is very unique. And oftentimes when the issue of the body of Christ is talked about, it is not taught in the way in which God our Heavenly Father first teaches it. And that's what I want to begin to look at. Uh, We'll probably take a few weeks to look at this issue, the body of Christ. Um, But I want to begin to just highlight when, when God our Heavenly Father, through the Apostle Paul, brings up the issue. I'm going to do this in reverse. So come with me. We're not going to look at every single passage that brings up the body of Christ issue, but we're going to do it in reverse. And I want you to see by do, going in reverse the point that I'm trying to make. Oftentimes, again, when the, the matter of the body of Christ is spoken of and taught, they teach it backwards. It's, it's taught, and I, I once did this as well, it, it's taught backwards. It's taught in the sense of understanding what Paul says in Ephesians 2 rather than understanding what Paul says in Ephesians, or I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12. I want you to see this. Look again here at Ephesians chapter 2. I just want to, again, highlight this. In this passage here in verse 11, Paul is talking about um, time past but now and those issues that we are often familiar with, uh, those that understand that God had a program in time past with the nation of Israel. He set that program aside. He ushered in a new dispensation of grace of Gentile grace, 
and um, and is doing some different things today in connection with the mystery of Christ. And his formation of the body of Christ is during that dispensation, the dispensation in which we now live. And Paul is talking about that information here in Ephesians 2 and verse 11. Look what he says. He says, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. He says, but now in Christ Jesus. So he describes what time past was like, uncircumcision, circumcision, and the uncircumcision were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise. They had no hope and without God in the world. But now, verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Those that once were far off, in regards to the commonwealth of Israel, are now nigh based upon something that Christ has done and being in Christ Jesus. Verse 14, For he is our peace, who hath made both one, that's Christ, and hath broken down the both, is the Jew and the Gentile, the circumcision, uncircumcision, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. How did he do that? Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. The ordinances... In the law, there, like in Leviticus 11 and, and onward, um, was a middle wall of partition. It, it, it distinguished the conduct and behavior of the nation of Israel in contrast to the Gentiles and to the world at large and their conduct and behavior. And therefore, Israel was to not eat this and eat this because the Gentiles would eat this and not this and so on. And so he took those law of commandments contained in ordinances and he he abolished them and therefore broke down the middle wall of partition and hath made both one both circumcision and circumcision one but he goes on to say pick it up here in verse 16 and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross having slain the enmity thereby and he came and preached peace to you which were far off and to them that are nigh and so at one point in time, God was dealing with the world as a division, a, a, a partition, the circumcision and the uncircumcision. And that's how he was dealing with the world. And the uncircumcision were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. But now in Christ, those that trust Christ today, that's with the commencement of Paul's unique and distinct apostleship, ministry, and message are one body, whether it be the circumcision or uncircumcision, if they have trusted in Christ and that cross work, well, the law of commandments contained in ordinances are abolished. He's he broken down the middle wall of partition, and therefore we're both one. We're on an equal playing field, as it were. And he's reconciled both unto God in one body. And that's where the issue of the body of Christ is, is brought up. Uh, you can see in chapter 3, verse 6, he says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body. And so this issue of the body of Christ is spoken of in Ephesians, but mostly in connection with it being different than the t- God's time past dealings with the nation of Israel. Now again, there's other passages we can look at, but we're just going to look at a few here. Come back with me now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's pick it up here 
in verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, talking about our physical body, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made all uh, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. And then he goes on and starts talking about the physical body and how that relates to us as members of his one body. But he brings up here, and this is what I'm trying to get more to in, 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 in talking about the issue of the body of Christ. He doesn't call us today, as those that have trusted the gospel of Christ, the body of Christ, simply because he needed something that to differentiate us between us and the nation of Israel. But rather the issue of the body of Christ has parallels and has great significance in regards to those that have trusted Christ, our relationship not only to Christ, but our relationship to one another, and the functional life that we are to display between one another as it correlates and parallels to a physical body. And that's how he first teaches the concept of the body of Christ, is not only to distinguish it, distinguish us between the nation of Israel, but the feature and characteristic that is highlighted in calling us the body of Christ is our relationship with one another as members of the body of Christ. And that's what he's doing here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For as the body is one and hath many members. He's describing a physical body. The body is one, but it has many members. And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. Your your finger is, is, is just as much as your body and it, as your toes, and so on. We, we call the, 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 the composite components of our body a body. But when we want to focus upon those components of the body... Their members, their fingers, hand, elbow, chin, nose, chest, legs. They're, they're, they have also a name and connection with it in regard to its living union relationship to every, every other aspect of the body. Your leg does something different than your hands or your fingers, but yet it all works for the body. And it's that type of thinking, that kind of thinking that he wants to get generated in us when he calls us the body of Christ. In other words, folks, it's, it's one thing to be positionally or dispensationally be identified as the body of Christ. But it's a whole other thing to practically walk worthy of who God's made us to be in Christ and in Christ dispensationally. What I mean by that is Folks, those that have trusted the gospel today usually don't function as a body. And they might have that identity, and we all do have that identity as being the body of Christ. But practically, we are far from what we are positionally. And it's because of a failure of a whole bunch of things. And that's what I want to look at a little bit more and get a frame of reference and some understanding. Now, come back with me to Romans 12. 
Romans 12 is important in discussing the body of Christ because it's the first time in Paul's epistles that the Apostle Paul brings up the body concept, the body of Christ concept. Look at Romans 12. Let's pick it up here in verse 4. He says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. He's talking about our physical body there. He says, as. He's going to compare our physical body to us as believers in Christ. Verse 5. So we, as and so, so we, being many, every man that is among us, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. We are that. See? But he's not coming along and stating simply that we are that for the sake of we are that. If you are that, then you should function as such. That's what he's getting at. If you're a finger in your body, function like a finger. If if you're the leg in the body, well, you're going to fun- function like a leg. A leg does certain things and has certain characteristics and features to it, and it relates to other parts of the body differently and, and so on. And that's what Paul's driving at here. And that's the, f- the first time he brings up the body concept and the body type thinking that we're supposed to have. Now, in the couple minutes I have remaining, I want to do something, and we might take next week to do it as well. I want to build up the context here up to chapter 12. As I just stated, it's the first time in Paul's epistles, as, Paul, as, as God has set forth Paul's epistles in the doctrinal order, Romans through Philemon, the first time here in Romans chapter 12 that he brings up the body issue. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes me think, man, what, this, this is such an important thing. It, it's part of our identity. It's part of our dispensational identity. Is, is different from the body, uh, uh, different from the nation of Israel, what God was doing in the time past. It's 12 chapters in to the book of Romans. It, 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 it's almost, it's in the latter half. Why wouldn't it be in the beginning? That's often how we looked at this concept, that it should be taught more in the beginning than where it's placed. But the context that's being set forth, again, in Romans chapters 1 through 5, you have the issue of justification unto eternal life. That's the first thing that's got to get settled. Not your knowledge and understanding of if you believe today, you'll be part of the body of Christ, but you need to believe in the gospel that God has given today, Paul's gospel, in connection with the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, paying for the debt and penalty of your sins. And based upon a non-meritorious positive response to that gospel, he will just do that. He will justify you unto eternal life. And he will remit your sins. He will forgive all your sins, past, present, and future. And he will impute to you his righteousness, and you will therefore be justified unto eternal life. And as that is supposed to produce a thankfulness of, now I want to live unto you, and, and, and you learn in chapter 5 that you've received not only the gift of righteousness, but the abundance of grace. You ought to want that grace to abound in the details of your life. And the very first thing that he goes on to deal with after that in Romans chapter 6 is that you want grace to abound apart from sin. And you learn about your new identity, that you're dead to sin and alive unto God, to be able to walk after the Spirit and restrain your sin by minding the things of the Spirit and live unto God by minding the, the, the things of the Spirit that's going to produce the newness of life that He's given us in Christ. And that all gets accomplished under His grace, not under the law. And if you put yourself under the law up somewhere that God hasn't, then you will experience that 
O Wretched Man of Romans 7, and you'll face a condemnation in regards to your fruit and your conduct and behavior. It's not up to par with God because it's being done through the flesh. So we're not supposed to walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And then he sets forth the purpose of our newness of life in Romans chapter 8, being involved in the creature, which is the heavenly realm, but he talks about it as the creature for a specific way, and that's going to correlate with the the body issue, and then we'll talk about that in in lessons to come. After he sets forth that in Romans chapter 8, in 9, 10, 11, he therefore describes that our purpose is different than God's purpose with Israel, and the purpose that God had with Israel, he has set aside to do his purpose with us today in this dispensation of grace. But he will fulfill his plan and purpose with the nation of Israel and in the future. Then in chapter 12, he starts talking about this newness of life and our conduct and behavior and begins to uh, get us underway in in regards to godliness godliness and teaching us godliness, thinking like God thinks, living and, and laboring with God today in his business. And it's then when he brings up the body issue. And so in the flow of the information, you see from Romans 9, 10, 11, that our purpose is not in regards to fulfilling his plan with Israel. Rather, it's different in connection with Romans 8. And we're going to fulfill that purpose in connection with Romans 8 as delivering the creature from the bondage of corruption, which is the heavenly realm, by virtue of being a body. And we can function as that body now, as we're going to function as that body, that new creature then. And so with the flow of information, you can see there is a distinction, distinction, but in the specific context, he's not talking about the, the, the time past and the but now Israel, time past, but now the body of Christ. In the context of Romans 12, he's talking about our conduct and behavior between one another. And that's what I want to look at more and how it's first taught. Well, my time is up, but this has just been an introduction to the issue of looking at more into detail regarding the concept of the body of Christ and see that's first dealt with in regards to our conduct and behavior with one another as members of the body of Christ that we are one to another. We'll look at this more next week. Until then, look up. Thanks for joining Pastor Josh for this week's episode of Weekly Wholesome Words. Join him next week for another look into God's Word. Until next time, look up.